Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorkov, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out big news. And today is big news. Why? Who doesn't love free spin-out shares? And that's what is should be coming from Manitou Gold. Uh, sometime in the next six months, we'll talk about the details. But here to talk about is Richard Murphy. He's the CEO of Manitou that trades in Canada, the stock symbol MTU. And for our friends in the U.S. on the stock symbol MNTUF. For those new to the story, but you saw this great spin-out news headline trying to figure out, hey, who's Manitou? Here's what you need to know in about 60 seconds. They control 100% of the Goudreau Project in Northern Ontario, where they're accelerating exploration in search of Canada's next gold discovery and potentially a mine, okay? But on top of that, we've now got nickel added to the discovery list, and they're not doing it alone. They're supported by two majors, Alamos and O3 Mining. Uh, com- collectively, they they own about 20%, just under 20%, and just under 10% of the company, respectively. They've also got CEO, uh, uh, sorry, the chief operating officer from Al- Alamos is a is a director. The chief financial officer from O3 Mining is a director. Uh, and it's unbelievable uh, the kind of support the company has. Why? The area hosts two multi-million ounce gold deposits. Alamos has got a 1.3 uh, million ounce uh, uh, deposit there, and Argonaut Gold's got a 2.1 million million ounce planned open mit open pit gold mine and processing mill. So it's unbelievable. But if that's where the story ended, that would be great. But they now have a nickel discovery within that same land package, and are creating a whole new pubco uh, pubco to support nickel, cobalt, and PG discoveries without taking away from the gold focus. It's a win-win for everybody, Richard. Welcome back, my friend. I know that was a mouthful. Oh, thank you very much, George. My pleasure. Hey, so you've announced, here's the headline, Manitou Gold announces intent to spin out nickel, cobalt, PG commodities. Big picture first. How big and how important is this for your shareholders? Well, I think we've been undervalued. And I mean, any measure you use, uh, valuation versus you know the, the metrics uh, by which our company should be uh, fairly valued, the things are out of whack. And uh, I think we're drastically undervalued uh, from the, the perspective of a, a recent land transaction uh, along part of our uh, property boundary, whereby a year and a half ago, Alamos came and uh, bought for US 20 million, uh, a private equity uh, landowner's position, you know, much smaller than ours, um, important lands, but you know, I think our, our portfolio is worth much more. That's already a premium to our, our current market cap, which is just under 15 million these days. Uh, so I think we're at a discount just to the pure land value of our gold assets. We have a separate entire project up uh, in the Wabagoon Belt near Dryden, Ontario. Uh, that we've got optioned to a company called Dryden Gold. Yep. And that's the same group and individuals who were behind Ely Gold Royalties, a very successful royalty company that was built up over a few years and sold uh, last year for a couple hundred million dollars. So that's, that's 300 million to be exact. Yeah. So that's another, um, uh, you know, valuation metric. We, we're very, very large shareholder of Dryden Gold. We have additional payments coming in the door over the next uh, two and a half years. 
um, and specifically uh, about $2 million worth of cash and stock per year uh, for the next three payments. Um, and now we've made a nickel discovery. Uh, so in our minds, we're going to keep our gold focus in Manitou as a parent company, both that Dryden option uh, deal we have, where we a big owner of Dryden Gold, uh, our Goudreau project, where we're adjacent to uh, Alamos's uh, gold mine property, and in between that and Barrick's Renavi gold mine property. And without cutting up the property in any way, we're simply segregating out some specific commodities, as you mentioned, nickel, cobalt, platinum group metals. Um, and we're going to put these into a, a pure nickel explorer. I think we're going to create an awful lot more value for our shareholders in a standalone nickel uh, vehicle. No doubt. And I'm confident in this. Uh, it's not arm waving in any way. We look at our results to date. We look at what we uh, can see on the ground in the geology. We've been working on this since we uh, got our initial nickel assays. Um, we we have a clear analog out there in the market. And that analog is a company called uh, Canada Nickel Company. Uh, that's a 200 wow, million. That's a big comparison. Yeah, it's a 200 million uh, market cap company. Uh, they're much further uh, along in terms of advancement than what we are. Uh, but at the same time, a few years ago, when they got going, uh, they had a market cap not so different than what I think we can be able to achieve in a pure nickel spin out uh, relatively quickly. So I think this is uh, an opportunity to uh, get, again, our market valuation, which is out of whack, back into whack uh, in a real short order here. And, and look, doing, uh, doing a spin out is no easy thing. Uh, it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. So for you to be going through all this effort, I mean, a lot of legalese, a lot of regulation, a lot of compliance, unbelievable. You're obviously very confident what you have there. So what do you think Manitou might have based on all the geophysical, geochrome work, geochem work you've done over the past two years and with the recent you know, nickel drill intersection? Yeah, so let me try to illustrate a little bit of this for you on a map, George. Uh, so this map, we're, we're simply looking at the company's uh, land position in yellow up against us in a very large amount of uh, common property boundary here. In brown is the Island Gold Mine property uh, of Alamos. And then further uh, to the west along their western property boundary is Argonite Gold's uh, Magino pit uh, development. So we have you know, gold properties totaling 366 square kilometers. We decided over the last year and a half, we really focused on uh, this Baltimore deformation zone, which we feel uh, very strongly is a, is a fault offset continuation of the Goudreau-Lacalche deformation zone. Um, and so we've done over the past year and a half, literally millions of dollars worth of geophysics. So detailed ground magnetics, uh, very deep penetrating and detailed IP surveys over that Western 10 kilometers of the Baltimore deformation zone, comprehensive uh, geophysical surveys, prospecting. So we have a fantastic data set here. And we've outlined as part of this work in targeting gold, we outlined areas where there are several ultramafic intrusions. And the, the drilling- and what does that, that mean did, for the layman term, by the way, just to make these, sure? 
these ultramafic intrusives, being an intrusive means it's uh, it's not a volcanic rock. It never got extruded to surface and became a flow, a magma flow. It was trapped within the crust of the earth and, and cooled uh, in place. But the important thing about ultramafic rocks, they come from uh, below the crust. They come from the mantle. So when you see trends of ultramafic rocks, uh, that's telling you uh, that the, the fault structures along which they occur. And this is just another map where I'm illustrating and the background is magnetics. So all these green to purple colors you see here uh, are, are magnetic, different magnetic bodies. And, and the real important ones uh, with respect to nickel are these deep purple bodies. They're pretty discreet. And you notice they seem to be occurring along these, these faults in the heavy black lines that tells us these faults were really deep. They went right through the crust down to the mantle. They allowed these intrusive bodies to come up from very deep. And the reason they're important, these deep-seated ones, is they're loaded uh, with metals like uh, cobalt, nickel, platinum, palladium. Um, and in the course of our gold exploration, we uh, got a 50-meter piece of one of these intrusive bodies. And lo and behold, that was uh, our discovery hole resulted in uh, 49 meters at 0.25% nickel. There's some cobalt credits in there. You know, George, and, and I... Wait, that number, again, for people who are watching, rel relatively speaking, how good of a number is that compared to, you know, even Canon nickel or other, other peers that you might uh, stack this up against? Well, another uh, another positive uh, alignment between this project and their Crawford project, which is their most advanced. So their total uh, nickel resource, uh, nickel content and grade is 0.25%, exactly the same as uh, what we intersected over almost 50 meters in that discovery hole. So you know, we think that's very, very important. It's a single intersection. Um, we've uh, since we received that, we've done a lot of work to prove that this, in fact, uh, this nickel is in a mineral that would be um, uh, potentially economic. It's not locked up in uh, sub-economic minerals that you can't extract the nickel from. It's actually dominantly so far, it's in an iron-nickel alloy. So we're not thinking about, you know, smelting sulfides and, and you know, dirty sort of tailing situations. Um, in fact, this sort of rock, these ultramafic rocks, they, uh, well, you don't have a lot of sulfur in them, so you're not generating acid from your waste rock or your tailings. They actually have the capacity to, to actively uh, bind with uh, CO2. And actually, there's, there's opportunity to realize uh, carbon sequestration credits uh, here. And that's exactly, again, uh, what our, our peers at Canada Nickel are looking at now. They've got some documentation out in the public domain about how they intend to do that and, and realize real economic gains uh, for their project. So, <clears throat> you know, we, we have our discovery hole and one of these intrusions where the drill's on its way in there as we speak. Yeah, I was going to um, say, you're, you're not wasting any time. You're getting right to work, right? Absolutely. The, uh, like I said, the drill's going back in there. We've got a thousand meters lined up. So we're going to, we, where we got a 50 meter intersection on the, the south margin of one of these intrusions, we're going to turn the drill around um, and drill almost a 400 meter hole across that whole intrusion uh, in, in an effort to, you know, potentially get an intersection of hundreds of meters in length 
and we'll wait for the uh, lab to deliver the assays. And then we're gonna drill a couple holes right across this very large intrusion just to the west. Um, this is one where we uh, have the benefit of a little bit of uh, uh, outcrop exposure and the guys have been able to visit it. So, so we're very confident it's gonna be the right host rocks. Uh, and again, these two new holes in this never before drilled uh, ultramafic body, um, they're gonna have the potential for literally hundreds of meters of core length of, of potential nickel mineralization. And how long do you think until you start getting results back? Because I know the labs are backed up. There are a lot of companies right now having problems with getting assays back ballpark you know i'm not putting you to a date obviously but when do you think shareholders might actually uh get a taste of what what's there well this uh you know i just mentioned three holes i'm confident we're going to have the first hole uh completed logged uh cut in half and delivered to the lab um uh, by the end of the month and uh, equally confident that within uh the month of september we should have the one of three holes uh, returned already and i think by um uh sort of mid october we'll have all three so in sum our, our goal here is to have um samples from our, our first discovery hole which are already in hand and publicized um combined with uh, uh grab samples from across uh this part of their property um across several of these other ultramafic bodies that we now yeah, tell, yeah, know. tell us what we're looking at there yeah so uh, if you pay attention to the scale bar, four, four kilometers across, depending on the size of your screen, maybe a couple inches. Um, but we're looking at ultramafic bodies spanning an area of about 30 kilometers uh, minimum. Numerous bodies, our discovery hole was down in sort of the, the southwest part here, where we tagged yeah. just the edge of one of these intrusions. Uh, so we'll have three new holes down in a couple of these intrusions. But the other thing we're going to build into this is uh, ground truthing a lot of these other uh, well, what we believe to be uh, ultramafic intrusions uh, those are currently being proved proven up uh, as our field team is investigating these that are exposed and we're also taking uh, grab samples when possible so that's really going to augment you know the drilling the discovery hole the next three holes we're drilling down in the southwest part here if we can combine those results with similar or even better results on a lot of these intrusions across the property it's going to be uh, wide open in terms of potential and i think that uh, you know sophisticated investors are going to see that this thing can get very very large very quickly and i presume given the fact that you've got both alamos and o3 as both shareholders and board members uh you've kind of got their support if i don't want to say blessing but maybe, but you've got their, you've definitely got their support for the spin out. So it's not just Richard, you know, and and maybe a couple of guys. You, you you're talking about some great partners here, who are who have obviously agreed with the decision. Yeah, you know, we have uh, strong uh, board presence from both these strategic uh, shareholder companies, and obviously we share our strategy and, and decision making process with our board. Um, so we showed them not only the technical merits of this, you know, we we got a lot of uh, legal and tax advice on the on the structure, and uh, you know we had a board meeting shortly uh, before putting that news out uh, Wednesday this week, and you know our board was unanimously uh, in in favor of it, and they saw this as as being a, 
good opportunity to create a brand new vehicle that doesn't cost shareholders a thing. And you know you can see the writing on the wall that it's likely to be a, a tremendous value proposition. Wow. Okay. I, lo I love the confidence. So on that point, let's talk about the mechanics now. So for the shareholders out there who are watching saying, okay, how long will it ballpark? What is the ETA to go through this process? And maybe a couple of steps, what do you got to do? And then uh, have you determined yet what the pro rata? So if I own for every share of Manitou gold that I own, do you, do you guys have a, have a number yet as to the pro rata or ballpark, what that pro rata might be of Western Nickel Corp? Yes, good question. Um, so on the face of it, first thing you said, you know, what's the indicative timeline? I think it's realistic that we're going to have uh, Western Nickel Corp up and running as a publicly traded entity in advance of year end. Um, there okay, are so several right steps. There, four or five months out. That's right. Several steps we're going to have to go through. Uh, some of the uh, timing, you know, is beyond our control. Uh, one one uh, item, for example, is review and approval by the venture exchange. Uh, as an example, that's a timeline that we can't uh, contain or control. Uh, but that being said, uh, you know, we're going to have the things in place, and we're very very comfortable with the the plan is target for uh, year end uh, to be up and running in advance of that. So as an example, when it comes to the mechanics, if you owned, let's say you owned a million shares. In our release, we talk about the company uh, creating new shares uh, for delivery to shareholders of Manitou Gold uh, for no additional consideration. So this isn't going to cost anybody a, pen, a penny. Um, uh, we also mentioned that Manitou uh, might keep up to 19.9% of Western Nickel shares um, in hand, uh, and that'll be a strategic ownership position. So suppose George owns a million shares, Manitou is keeping almost 20% uh, back. So you're going to receive 800,000 shares of Western Nickel Corp. Wow. Uh, for your the million Manitou that you own, free and clear. Um, those will be diluted uh, down in your equity in the, in the new company, Western Nickel obviously is going to have to get financed um but you're pretty confident you're pretty confident you're going to be able to get that financing as well we are pretty confident i think the uh the nickel market specifically has got a lot of interest these days i mean a lot of the marketplace is in pretty poor shape um and again this is one of the reasons that actually played a, a important factor in our thought uh process and decision making process is uh you know the sort of money we're looking to raise here. Uh, I, I'm not sure that you could do it in a in a gold junior, uh, whereas a pure nickel opportunity, uh, we think that we're, we're actually quite confident that we can go out and successfully raise the money to to hit the ground running. Um, and your level of confidence for people at home who are not as familiar. I mean, we we've obviously seen this number, this kind of transaction a number of times, but high degree of confidence that. You should run into problems, never guarantee, but this is pretty standard, right? You just got to go through all the all the steps to spin to spin it out. But any concerns that shareholders should have or risk associated with the with the spin out not happening? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, you know, Manitou obviously is a, a listed publicly traded company. We're in compliance with everything. So if we create a a mirror of our existing shareholder list and you know get uh, 
special sort of financials made. We've never been late for any reporting or anything else. I mean, we actually run our company uh, not in an expensive way, but we do it pretty pretty thoroughly. We've never been offside with any sort of reporting or or you know being asked to uh, recall press releases, et cetera. We've been right. we kept our nose pretty clean. So I think from a regulatory perspective, we're, we're going to get things into the pipeline. Uh, and again, we've got the best tax and legal advice on this. So um, I'm quite confident that we're going to be able to do it in an efficient manner. Uh, we're going to proceed with it. I mean, we are drilling holes right now. There's absolutely no guarantee that we're going to get these hundreds of meters that come back, um, you know, at the same grades that were uh, experienced in the first hole. So there is an element of exploration risk there. But at the same time, the areas we're drilling, we know that we're going to be intersecting the, the target rocks. It's just a matter of, is the nickel going to be there? And uh, we're pretty confident and, you know, from our work to date, that they are going to be mineralized with nickel. What's management going to look like for Western nickel, Richard? Typically, sometimes what you see happen these spinouts is the management team from the original company, Manitou, in this case, Manitou, and the board, uh, uh, all or a substantial portion or a meaningful portion will also, you know, run and direct the, the, the spinout company. Do you see that happening uh, with Western nickel or? Uh, are you going to go out and find nickel-specific people maybe to uh, to get more involved on the operating and board side? So for the first uh, uh, formative days of uh, Western Nickel Corp, I think our, our group, our team uh, at the board level and the management level uh, would be sort of, let's say, not entirely running uh, Western Nickel Corp, but substantially. There will be a lot of overlap. And... Uh, one of the key reasons there is we're not segregate, segregating uh, out any lands out of Manitou Gold. Right. We're separating right. out commodities. So we're literally- Very Interesting. I actually have never seen that before. Now that you mentioned that, that's right. Usually it's a, this chunk of land is now being taken out and put into a new code, but that's not the case here. That's correct. So, you know, Manitou's uh, land portfolio is 366 square kilometers. The neat thing about this is you know, those ultramafic intrusions I showed you in the map, the nickel's inside of those, not outside. And gold deposits we're looking for, we don't expect to see them inside these intrusions either. The gold's going to be on the outside of them. So I think there's tons of room to explore here uh, with, you know, friendly neighbors. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of synergies, actually. You know, we, we don't have to keep two sets of roads open. Like all the logistics a junior mining company has on a project, those are going to be divided by two. So there's a lot of savings. And the fact that, you know, we already have guys on the ground, it doesn't make sense to go hire, you know, other guys to come in. As long as our team has a capacity, um, we'll, we'll run it. And, but to tell you the truth, George, if we find the right uh, candidate to come in, uh, somebody with deep knowledge of the nickel markets, you know, international reach, um, he knows who the buyers are when it comes to starting to put resource to resources together and doing the financial uh, evaluation and putting the metrics on the project. If we can find the right individual to come in, uh, it would be, I think, uh, a no-brainer if we can hire a rock star to come in and, and turn something that, you know, we hopefully get some uh, traction and, and create some real value fast. But if we find the right guy to turn it into a tremendous amount of value, we wouldn't hesitate to bring him in. 
Well, given the, uh, you know, given the location, given the ownership structure, the board structure, everything about Manitou and, uh, you know, just by, just by owning shares in Alamo, in Manitou, sorry, uh, your strategic shareholders are going to have a lot of shares in, in Western Nickel. So I think it must be a no-brainer to be able to attract some pretty good talent. When you put the land package, the support, shareholders, directors all together. Uh, hey, if I was a nickel rock star, I'd be I'd be uh, submitting my application. Yeah, well, we're uh, we're accepting those applications. So, <laughs> last question for you, Richard. More of a personal question, but as CEO of Manitou, you know how excited or happy, how big of a milestone is this? For you, given the video, you, know, you just announced a couple of days ago, everyone's on vacation in August, and here you are coming out with milestone news. You know, how happy are you with uh, with how this transpired? Well, I can put it into context. It was about six years ago we started uh, assembling our Goudreau project. You know, the first property we bought was four uh, patented uh, mining claims right up adjacent to the client uh, mine system. That was the, the first bit. And then, you know, through end of 2019 we'd assembled almost at you know 300 and i guess at the time about 330 square kilometers at 366 now that was all the formative time it was pretty exciting being able to put it all together the last couple of years we've done an awful lot of geotechnical work as i mentioned earlier um and you know we haven't had that home run we have two tremendous gold zones we've drilled and identified uh the stover zone and the bald eagle gold zone both of those are are well covered in our, our press releases over the past year um but now i think we've sunk our teeth into something that you can see how it can become very large very fast and uh, to cut to the chase of your question here i'm more excited today than i have been since day one conceptualizing this whole project i think that we're going to create value for manager gold shareholders even if they do nothing and just sit back and you know don't look at their statements or anything else by the time their uh, Western Nickel Corp shares are up in free trading, they're going to realize a whole lot of value that they're getting for free. I, th I think this is a, this is a breakthrough. It's not the way we thought we'd be creating value. We thought it'd be through gold discovery at this stage, but it looks like it's nickel discovery. And we understand nickel. Like personally, I've I've started and run successfully a, a nickel junior um, through discovery uh, resource definition conversion to reserves actually and negotiated with Chinese negotiated with uh, Hunter Dickinson company and ultimately uh, we had a competitive bidding process for that nickel company um, so I understand the space pretty which company well. was that by the way it was called independent nickel corp okay yeah so uh, I, I have the personal experience in nickel I know a lot of the players and uh we know the space, we know uh, the nickel geology, we have a great understanding of it. So this is something we're not, we're not shy about uh, or unsure about the next steps. Actually, the, the, this is a pretty clear roadmap to uh, value creation. Well, Richard, you know, it's the middle of summer. This, I, when I saw this press release, I was on vacation and uh, it just popped up on my WhatsApp and said, hey, take a look at this from Manitou. I was like, I did not expect, I didn't see this coming. I don't think anybody saw it coming. So, you know, on behalf of all the shareholders, hey, thank you for 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 this great news and congratulations to you, the team, everybody on uh, on a fantastic piece of news and can't wait to 
start talking in September when you expect some of these results to come back. And then we're going to have a whole lot of reasons to keep talking right through to the end of the year when the spinout takes place. But for today, for this moment, congratulations to you and the team, Richard. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, I think it's time we deliver real value for our shareholders. Um, so that's, that's what we're doing. We're, we're going to deliver something totally unexpected uh, to all our current shareholders and those shareholders that get in there. Ultimately, there's going to be a cutoff day down the road here. Uh, we call it a record date. And everybody that owns Manitou shares before that day uh, is going to get their free shares of Western Nickel. Hey, guys, you heard it here. You're, it's almost a one for one, you know, almost a one for one. It's on point eight. If I got the math, it's pretty much going to be a point eight for one that you can get a better gift in the middle of the summer. So if you're an existing shareholder, great. If you want to add more, well, you got all the reason to now. It's a, it's almost a, it's almost a two for one sale. So Richard, thanks, man. I can't wait to have you back. Thanks again, George. Always a pleasure. Day by at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform, to Richard Murphy, CEO of Manitou Gold, trades in Canada under MTU for Friends in the US, MNTUF. For those new to the story, can you saw the great spin out news and want to know more, get the company's profile page on Agoracom. We've got it all neatly laid out for you. So you have a great overview of the company, of the, of the Goudreau project. And now you've heard even more about what's going on inside of there. And then once you've got that under your belt, head right over to the Mantu website, do your deep dive to diligence. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. But don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.